Welcome to the Innovation Drivers Podcast, where Canada's top technology leaders discuss ideas, successes, and challenges that are creating a better future. Brought to you by the CIO Association of Canada, in partnership with the Business Leadership Podcast Series. Thank you for joining us on the Innovation Drivers Podcast. How are you doing today? My name is Edwin Frondozo. And I'm Hamza. I'm so happy to have you join us today. Hamza, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. It's uh well, it's a great it's a great day after uh, a nice Canada Day holiday. So it's nice to uh, celebrate the birthday of our uh, great country and uh, and get back to work remotely now. Yeah, actually, to that <laughs> note, um, I did a very open letter on my Facebook post yesterday for Canada Day for those all those Canadians listening, and it was just really I was just feeling inspired and grateful uh, for this country. Uh, both my parents are immigrants to Canada, and. You know, I met my immigrant wife here in Canada, and my daughter was born in Canada. So, it was it was first time I did something like that, and I really appreciated Canada. So, thank you for recognizing this. I don't, not sure when this is going to air, Hamza, but thank you, Canada, when you do listen to this. <laughs> yeah, I, I share I share the same sentiments. So, uh, we live in one of the greatest countries in the world, and and we also think this is one of the best innovation countries in the world. Yeah. I actually put that on my post as well in terms of you know the Canadian technology, all the intellectual I'm gonna property. To, I'm gonna have to go find. I'm gonna go have to find that uh, that, that open letter now and read it along with uh, probably everybody else listening here. Yeah, amazing. Thank you for that. But this episode, I'm really excited on this episode, uh, Hamza. We sit down with Brian Brockway, the global CTO of Convaults, where he shares a lot of his thoughts, learnings when, when it comes to the business and his personal experience with Commvault and working with uh, business leaders. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was a good discussion um, with, uh, with Brian. I think he shared a lot of great information with us in terms of, you know, just, just what's happening in the world and, and uh, what he sees as innovation challenges and, and how they're facing it as a, as a company, but also some of the things that they're seeing in the marketplace around um, how different leaders are, are taking different strategies and, and different technologies and making a, an impact and a difference in their own businesses. Yeah, it was a really quick 20 minutes. So I do hope you all enjoy this discussion. So with that, let's get to the conversation, Hamza. Let's go. Welcome to the Innovation Drivers Podcast, Brian. Oh, thank you, Edwin. Glad to be here. Oh, we're, we're super happy. Hums and I are super happy to have you um, join us today and really get some insights from who you are as a tech leader and what Commvault is doing as well in this space. But I want to just get started, Brian, on a personal question, knowing that you've been in the industry for a long time. But what does, what does innovation mean to you? Uh, ooh, great starting question inside there. Um, I think innovation... Uh, is really kind of that context of starting to think out of the box, look at some of the new class of problems we have today. Uh, is there a different way to approach resolving the problem? And it's not always just another set of technology to, to make something a little faster or better. Uh, but in many cases, it's, you know, how do we consume it differently? Uh, are there different sets of economics at play? Um, how do we always try to ensure in innovation too? Are we paying for the advantage by saving or making something better from the past too. I think that's when we think about innovation, both inside Commvault and with a lot of our customers on uh, solutions and, and use cases, we're trying to always think about those multiple dimensions altogether as one. 
So Brian, you know, so mid mid March, the world changed, and uh, you know, COVID happened and um, became became real, and then became even more real. And I think businesses and people faced massive challenges, but also massive opportunities around um, around digital and and enabling their businesses. What do you see as the biggest um, innovation challenge facing businesses today? Uh, great question. Uh- <laughs> I think I think we've seen probably uh, two change factors right now. One has been focus, uh, and I think in the past, especially in IT and technology for years, the innovation was always an opportunity, but you generally could only maybe get funded for maybe 10% or 15% every year. So you kind of had to pick your battle. What do we change next to make a bigger improvement for the business, but re- recognize it's going to be an iterative process? Um, I think what we're seeing these days is, there's not enough time to iterate anymore. So you have to be very quick to it. You have to be able to not only introduce the new capability, introduce the change management through the organization. And that's not a one-time effort, but that's an ongoing campaign. And then also ensure that you think about the, you know, the, how do you sustain it? Uh, what's the kind of a popular term these days is what's the technology debt on the other side? The team came over and wired something very quickly. Uh, it's awesome, the POC that started on Monday turned into production uh, come Thursday. But then <laughs> the responsibility for the rest of IT came into, into place to say, how do we sustain it? How do we ensure we've got compliance tied to it? Uh, how do we ensure that we're using smart economics to fund it for the future? So it's using a lot of that, uh, the call it the, the IT world uh, of requirements. How do you start to infuse that with the DevOps fast side and then try to make sure that you're you're able to move fast but also uh, um, execute smartly I mean that's that's interesting we Hamza and I heard stories of projects being implemented within three four weeks when traditionally it would take six three years <laughs> right yeah. uh, and going through this internally maybe and seeing customers go through this and what it sounds like and what you just said was, yeah, we're able to implement real quickly, but the process of putting compliance, getting people to clean up with mm-hmm. the traditional. Um, so I guess understanding that we're able to move quickly now because COVID-19 helped us realize how fast we could move. Are mm-hmm. there any quick win opportunities given this situation or in this world, whether it's internal or what you're hearing clients talk about of being able to move quickly and deploy things now? Yeah, uh, it's good point. The I think what we see now is uh, almost the call it the API driven, or I like to almost talk about it like the programmatic uh, architecture. So older days, we would kind of think through a project, we'd have to go put some procurement in place, we'd have to think ahead, where's this going to grow to in three years, buy, put it together, put it on the floor, and that may take uh, three or six months before we could start something to go iterate on top of it. The wonderful nature these days, especially with the cloud and the elastic nature, is if I need one or I need 20, I can usually get that in the course of a couple of hours. So I can come over, I can adapt a project very quickly, put it into place, measure my results. And I think that's the key one for a lot of us these days is how do I ensure the things I'm doing, is there a way to measure the outcome? And it's not something that can develop over time. It's I need whatever whatever the metric may be, how do I find, uh, is it working? 
Is it moving in the right direction? And do we continue to keep adapting and investing more on top of it? Or if we did the project, it really didn't turn out quite to be what we needed. The great nature of elastic resources today in the cloud and other cases uh, is we're not sitting with a box that's now collecting dust. We can shut it down and suddenly the credit card is no longer being charged for uh, those resources. So it's a great, it's a great adaptive way to, to move faster. I think to your point, once you get something up and working, then it's time to come back over and say, how do we make it sustainable? Yeah. Um, to this point, and this is where I get really fascinated in um, because I, I, I interview business leaders, not only tech leaders on my other show. Um, but as we're moving quickly, Brian, are you seeing some of the leadership or management style change as well? Because like you said, and, and we all know, traditionally, we had to do all these tests and figure things out. And now we're almost operating like a lean startup launching th- things quickly and maybe traditionally a lot of managers or tech leaders that are out there aren't even used to this unless they came from the startup world. So have you seen any, I guess, change or focus or you know mindset changes within your organization, mm-hmm. our customers for this moving or the speed of technology innovation now? Uh, absolutely. I, I think that um, and being, being in our space for many years and kind of looking through the different generations of technology and, and call it methodology and cultures. Um, the one that we're in today is a culture where it's acceptable to fail. And you go back to IT five or six years ago, and if you talked about a failure, everybody was very nervous. It was a negative. You were trying to avoid it with five, nine, six, nines, and all the other kind of investments to avoid failures. In today's environment, you kind of always have to think about Failure is okay as long as I can fail fast and I don't have a, a higher incurring cost on the backside of it. But more importantly, you also have to think about failure from the nature of it's not just a project didn't quite work out. Um, something actually is working out quite, quite well and you're actually developing much more of a, call it a data dependency. Um, it's powering this new line of business that's fantastic and awesome. Now you've got to think about a lot of these outside exposure points of ransomware and bad actors or even, you know, frustrated employees uh, coming over. Have we automated it so, uh, so easily? Now I also have a, a higher degree of threat that I have to deal with uh, inside the business. So that adds a new dimension of thinking about failure as it's okay. It's a, it's a new culture where you have to kind of design for failure. It's going to happen. Is that acceptable? Uh, but more so, is it also how do we reduce the risk that if, an unintentional failure started to happen. You know, somebody did a star.star and ended up deleting <laughs> a lot more than they expected. And perhaps it shut down a cloud. As the newspapers have shown in the past, those things can happen. Uh, how do you ensure that doesn't impact the business in a larger factor? So there's new dimensions Brian, to start to, to fold in. Brian, you uh, obviously speak to a lot of technology leaders um, and, uh, you know, those that are, are doing some amazing things, uh, you know, pre-COVID and, and obviously post-COVID mm-hmm. now fast, faster, maybe even more impactful to their, you know, to their own products and services. Uh, mm-hmm. Who are some, who are some of those innovative technology slash business leaders that uh, have had an impact on you in terms of the way you think and operate? Yeah, I'll say the one that I love to watch and, and, and kind of follow uh, his advice and with the changes he's implementing is um, uh, Satya Nutella over at uh, Microsoft. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, Microsoft's been, you know, if, if you talk about a 180 degree shift and change of, you know, the leader in technology and how did they go about developing and, and serving customers to the new age, um, it's an outstanding change. We've, we've been a partner, we've been a customer, we've been a supplier and, and, a, and a, a co-developer with them for many years. So we've seen a lot of the internals and what he's been able to change at the outset. And really, it's a culture change and everything else has been fantastic to watch from the outside looking in. And I'll say a lot of the things that he's done that have worked well and haven't worked well are things that we've also tried to incorporate ourselves. And you know, how do we start to impose change and start to change our own uh, perspective? Slightly smaller. You know, so scale, much of that like uh, that, that you talk that. about, yeah. what you talk about that, but with Brian, it, with Microsoft, is uh, around the culture that they instituted, which is uh, you know, which is great because as you know, the, within the mm-hmm. CIO Association of Canada and our you know yep. 400 plus members across the country, a lot of times the conversation boils down from, hey, you know what, the technology is actually really easy now. It's really about how we get our teams and really smart people to to be the best versions of themselves. And I think Microsoft is actually a great example of. A brand that that's almost pivoted from what they were, and uh, and then they went through a little bit of a lull in terms of um, maybe a little bit of an identity in the new innovation economy, and then they grabbed it and ran with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, to your point, it's an awesome. Uh, that's an awesome one. And and I think the, the the fun thing about the call it the, it's the culture and kind of the new atmosphere is it's one based around consumption, and I don't mean that by it. You know, is it the credit card? economics that's one piece of it but you now start to think about can i couple different parts together quickly to go try something and see if i can change you know to a much more positive outcome if one doesn't work do i drop it out um i don't have to make long investments in infrastructure uh if it works quickly then i can start to iterate on top of it and do more things right. yeah it's it's a it's a fantastic way to keep iterating i think Iteration is, I think, one of the keys going forward that we all have to keep building into our kind of philosophy of uh, uh, adapt, iterate quick. I think, as you were saying, in kind of the, the startup mentality, if, you, if you're not iterating all the time, <laughs> you're probably not going to be a startup for too long in the business. Uh, the change is so rampant, you got to be fast paced. And it's great things to adapt from that culture and say, how do we start to use in our own own organization? Because it challenges a lot of different boundary conditions. Yeah, and to, to that point, Brian, and, you know, challenging assumptions or how things were done in the past years as you were looking at Microsoft as how they changed. Mm-hmm. Can you recall anything that was really like maybe an uphill battle as you're changing the culture to be able to rapidly iterate within the organization? Because there are, there are a lot of tech leaders still trying to, change the way their teams are thinking right now so like mm-hmm. if you if you if you could pinpoint one thing that you could provide those listening right now and like what you know what what can i do today within my team that will maybe shift the way their you know their mindset is as we think about moving into 2020 or past a new normal now yeah good question and i'll, I'll probably uh uh come back to one of the words you just mentioned on listening i think through, through doing this for many years and kind of, you know, what's worked and what hasn't worked. Um, personally, I've found the, the one thing I love to recommend to all of the people that we mentor and things like that is, you know, before you start talking, 
stop and listen and, and what does the team have to say? Because there's there's a lot of terrific ideas. Um, we can't be <laughs> we can't implement every one of them. So we do have to put some prioritization and some success. How do we kind of celebrate that and bring it forward? But it's coming back over to say, how do we start to adapt a lot of this new thinking? And and uh, I'll share that uh, in many cases, you know, the, these are new things coming out. We were working with one state government where uh, the the traffic team that does all the road work on the weekends was trying to figure out how do they take an old mainframe database and start to connect it in uh, with the Waze apps. So as citizens were driving through the state, you know, they can get updates to say, you know, where the road closures were going to be. So it's uh, old state governments, mainframes trying to intersect together with Waze apps and other things on the outside. And then you still have the problem in the middle of saying, how do we make sure it's all sanitized and, you know, we're not uh, sharing any personalized data and things like that. So it's a lot of these th these new projects of new ways to consume the experience coming together. You've got some great new out-of-the-box thinkers. You still have to deal with the physics of the back end. And then, you know, how do we start to put the two teams together, you know, and get them to iterate quickly? Oh, that's great. And I, I love where you the point you emphasize is listening and it's almost a segue into what I, <laughs> my next question in terms of as business leaders as tech leaders we're always looking to learn a lot of a lot mm -hmm. of the learning happens when we're in a project and a specific task but many forward thinking ones are always looking to improve themselves whether it's mm -hmm. books podcasts any resources so i'm really curious brian where do you spend your time um, learning or looking to um, improve yourself or look for other insights? Good, uh, good question. Uh, I'll say, uh, going back to what uh, Humza was saying before, the, the world has definitely shifted and changed. So uh, I used to do a lot of travel because we kind of circle and cover the globe with the customer base. Um, so there was a lot of downtime in travel <laughs> that I can consume back on, you know, reading and and downloaded podcasts and things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, these days, now that we're all kind of sitting at home and broadcasting ourselves, uh, the schedules are a lot, <laughs> a lot more packed up, and uh, there's probably not as much uh, downtime to do it. Yeah. Um, a lot of it, I will say, and I'm a big visual learner, so I'm a big, big consumer of uh, Google feeds, and you know what's the latest things coming out of the Amazon or the Azure or the Google Cruise and you know, two minute or three minute fast little snippets of uh, some new technology into a context. And a lot of it, it's not learning to understand how to go do it. Mm -hmm. It's just learning to understand the context. How are people starting to think about using this? And is it something I can go over and adapt in some other use cases we're thinking through? Yeah, and just understanding or, what's out there as well, right? Yep, uh, that's it. Uh, under, understanding this this new environment that is... <laughs> growing and expanding and changing on almost a weekly basis. So you can come back over and say, you know, are we making smart decisions? So at the end of the day, you got to put it back to some business case and some dollars and cents. And while we could do it in this new way, and that would be an awesome outcome, if it's going to cost us three X and take twice as long, you know, is there a shorter path that we maybe need to look at also? Yeah. So it's still using business, business, business context as you start to make those decisions. For sure. I mean, we're having an amazing conversation, Brian, and we do, Hamza and I do appreciate your time. Um, 
I'd love to get maybe a, one final thought that you could share with our listeners, whether you know, observations, any call to actions um, to those tech leaders that are listening or, or needing some mm-hmm. direction forward. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll say personally, just because we sit in, uh, we sit in the land of data management. So mm-hmm. data to us has been something that we've uh, uh, had center, center at our strategy for many years. And I'll say that we've had some personal experience on some of the uh, the, the largest destructive data events uh, on record, and ransomware and some others that have actually reached into billions of dollars of impacts that came off of something that washed through the world in like 10 minutes. Those environments, as you start to really think forward and how do we do things faster and get it all done, you, you need to make sure also do we have a strong data copy strategy behind there. Uh, if something was to go bad tomorrow, either from some outside bad actor from some foreign entity or, and there's news accounts of this all the time of, you know, frustrated, uh, frustrated admin borrows somebody else's credentials and they decide on the way out to wipe out your production and also wipe out the back end. Have you started to enforce those same principles, you know, into this new environment? Some of that was built into the data center just from a physical, physical layouts and physical processes and ticketing systems. And, you know, if it took two weeks to do something, there was usually four or five sets of eyes that would look through something before it got done. When we move to this new cloud environment and it's very fast and it's API driven, sometimes you have to put more checks and balances into the process to make sure you have control of it. Yeah. In, in fact, I'll, I'll say an interesting uh, an interesting shift we're seeing these days, especially in those that are going more cloud first, is a complete reversal of strategy in IT. And rather than building things and saying this is going to survive for years, uh, in more and more cases, we're seeing people build uh, build something in the cloud saying it's only going to have 45 days of life cycle. At 45 days, everything shuts down. Only those that are requested to continue will be recreated and move on for the next 45 days. So rather than old IT where we used to build things and it would build up for years and we'd always have waste that we have to go back and, and, and reclaim, uh, a lot of the new cloud philosophy is <laughs> you only get a short-term stay. Uh, if you would like to extend your stay, you can. And only those that are active in extending the stays get more resources going forward. It's a very different type philosophy and ends up with a different set of controls and governance and everything else you have to start to think through. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Brian, it's been a pleasure. To close, can you tell us where we can find more information about you, Commvault, or, sure. uh, or anything else you want to share? We're always accessible on uh, you know www.commvault.com. I think uh, in the presentations we did last week, we also shared a couple of the papers, our contacts, and everything else. And, and we are always open for a conversation. So it's not trying to get into sales mode, but just kind of understanding and, and a conversation of uh, how others have learned the best practices and more importantly, what are some of the worst practices people discovered the hard way? How do we share that so we don't trip over the same thing over and over again? But happy to follow up as much as I can. Amazing. Brian, thank you for joining us on the Innovation Drivers Podcast. Thanks very much, Brian. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. And that's it, folks. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Innovation Drivers Podcast with Brian Brockway, 
the global CTO at Combalt. Yeah, what a great conversation that was. It was uh, it was interesting to uh, to hear Brian's thoughts on uh, on on how to be uh, a leader uh, in the technology space with all the opportunities that are upon us right now, especially with uh, the digitization of the planet um, due to the virus and uh, and some thoughts around you know what he's seeing and and different learnings. Uh, it was interesting to hear that. Yeah, and what was interesting and and what really came to mind Hamza for me was there was two points of iterations right in terms of iterating when it comes to technology and also the lack of iteration when you have to launch technology real quickly sort of as a lean startup yeah not to strive for perfection and, and just kind of going at it and doing it at, fixing it as you go yeah and I mean that I mean that hits home for me in in a couple of projects that I'm working on within my business or other clients that I work with but it's it's it just got me thinking on depending where you are on the life cycle of the business as well right so depending on where you're sitting and what your company is looking at today and how much you could iterate as well uh, but for more information about Brian Comvault um, the presentations please go to the show notes and for more information on the CIO Association of Canada and how to join, please visit ciocan.ca. Please subscribe, rate, and comment on your favorite podcast player. Hamza, as always, it's a pleasure discussing, sitting down with you, talking technology, talking Canada technology. So I look forward to the next one. For you all joining, thank you for listening. And to all our listeners out there, we want you to go get your day.